Hi everybody and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist and internationally published author, helping take your life, your business, your health, fitness, body and mindset from where you are right now to becoming this unstoppable force that enables you to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. Today's a really, really passionate topic of mine and I'm going to call it Burn the Boats because this concept comes from the Grecian armies when they used to, on their boats, go to take an island. What they would do is they would get all the soldiers, all the things that they needed off the boat onto the shore, onto the island. And then the first command that they would give is burn the boats. Now, why would they say that? Well, guess what? If you burn the boats, you've got nothing to go back to. All you have to do is you have to win the battle or you die. So isn't that a huge metaphor in life? If the only way that you are going to succeed here is you're either going to die or you're going to kill everybody else so that you can survive, then that was the approach that the commanders took in the Grecian armies back in the, the ancient times. And guess what? They were more successful than not because it incentivized the soldiers that there was nowhere to go from here. They got no boats to go back to. They have to make this work. Now, most of us in life don't adopt this approach. Now, I want to go back about 12 years and tell you a little story about what happened with me when I decided to change career. Now, if you're a long-term listener, you'll know some of this story, and I apologize for going over, it, going over it again. But for those that maybe this is the first or second episode where you've picked it up and you think, who is this guy, Rob Evans? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about me. So I studied to become an accountant. And so I went to uni, I got my uni degree, a Bachelor of Business in Accounting, it's called here. And then I went on to, as a, through a graduate program to work with Coopers and Librand, which is now PricewaterhouseCoopers. And that was back in 1990. And through that graduate program, I was in the audit division and I studied to become a chartered accountant. So in order to do that, you've got to, when I did it, I'm not sure what it is now, it's probably similar, but it was 18 months. 18 months to do what was called a professional year. Ironically, it was more than a year, but it took about 18 months. And then you become a chartered accountant. So you had to work for 12 months under the supervision of a chartered accountant, hence um, that's why I went to Kubis and Librand. Work for 12 months, then study for 18 months. So really it's six, six years of study uh, to be able to do it. So then from there, I I, after about four and a half years, I left Coops and Librand because I didn't like the culture of the, it was six at the time, but the big six accounting firms. And so I left, I went out into industry and I worked for um, like the biggest telecommunications company here in Australia. Worked there for a couple of years and, and realized that uh, the nature of the work that I was doing, which is called statutory accounting work, was just boring the, the pants off me. And so I moved out into industry and uh, I, that's where I worked for about 13 and a half years whilst I 
um, you know, work through different parts of the organization. Uh, it was a very big company, so we had different divisions. And um, I finished up in um, a really good place at the end. But I got to that stage where I thought, man, I cannot see myself working here for another 20 or 30 years. I just, I just can't. Uh, every three to four years, I needed a new challenge. And I thought I'd reached that point where I was uh, like reporting directly to the general manager and the general managers reported to executive general managers and that was one step below the, the managing director. And so there were only so many sideways moves that I could make. I was asked to become a general manager. I said, look, that's not what I want. And so in the end, over a few years of uh, you know, working out what it is that I wanted to do, I realized that this wasn't my passion. And what my true passion was came from my training in terms of uh, working out, training my body and that kind of stuff. So in 2007, I realized that, do you know what? In my post-retirement, if you like, I'm going to uh, wind back my hours. So my wife at the time, uh, she also wanted to wind back and we looked at our financial forecast. We were both accountants and you know, making really good money. Our household income was, uh, was really good. And we thought, do you know what? We could keep on this path, uh, not see each other that much and um, not enjoy our lives and just be working. So we decided we'd have a change. We had started our family um, and uh, we thought about, um, she really loved her job, so she was gonna go back part-time. And I thought I would have a career change and start my own business. So, and that was gonna be in 2009. But in 2007, I decided, okay, well, let me get qualified uh, in uh, being able to do the training and do all the right things, and that's what I did. And then by 2009, I decided that I'm ready. You know, I'm hungry. I need to do this now because I'm, look, I'm showing up for work, I'm doing the work, I'm doing a solid job, but it's not thriving me, it's not my passion. And so I fast-tracked it by probably about two, three years, and I decided that I was going to leave. And so when everybody knew what I was going to do, like the people that worked under me, um, my boss, the people around me, my peers and everything, they all said what a mistake it was. And that when it doesn't work, you can always come back and, you know, work for us again. And in some ways I found it offensive because I thought, wow, so what you're really doing is passing a whole bunch of judgment here. One, that you don't think I'm gonna be able to make it, but two, you don't think this profession or this business idea is also gonna make it. And it just made me feel a bit, oh wow, is that what you really think? And it also made me realize that, wow, people really don't put themselves out there. People don't really strive for something that's gonna challenge them. Now, the person that saw through all of this was somebody that I still respect so much. His name's Rod, and he was my general manager at the time. And he said to me, Rob, I'm so envious of you. Now, he was an EGM, probably being paid 
you know, 400,000 bucks a year. And he said, I wish I had a passion like you did to be able to follow it. And he said, I've never known anyone to follow their passion and fail. And I've always remembered that because I thought, yeah, you're so right. I said, how could this fail? It could fail if somebody said, here's a business idea, just go and do it. But I'm choosing this. I'm choosing to, I suppose, forego the 19 years of experience in the field of accounting and that kind of stuff to now open a business as a chartered account. I'm sorry, as a, a personal trainer, a, a fitness business owner, a nutrition um, you know, authority, uh, all of that, the author and, and so forth came uh, down the track. And it was that one person that was the shining beacon that gave me the confidence because if, if everybody around you was saying it, at some point you might say, well, well, maybe they're right. Now, I didn't because I thought, do you know what? I'm going to make this work. I'm just going to make it work. And of course, that's what I did. Now, in the process of doing that, I had to consider, was I going to remain a member of the Institute of Chartered Accountants? Because uh, if I resigned from the Institute of Chartered Accountants, uh, that was a big thing for me because I worked so hard to become a member of the Institute. And so what I decided to do was burn the boats. I said, you know what? The fact that I am a chartered accountant will never be taken away from me. Whether I'm registered with the Institute of Chartered Accountants, that's another thing. But I thought, well, I'm going to burn my boats here because I feel that if I remained a member of the Institute of uh, Chartered Accountants, that I would hang on to that as a safety line. So I decided to resign from it and was going to make this work. So for me, it was very symbolic. Just like, no, I'm not hanging on to any of that anymore because I'm going to make this work. And so that for me was a big burning the boats moment. Now, of course, in doing all of this as well, one of the other things that I thought about was how much life was going to be easy now because I could work less because um, it, you know we had, we had the two incomes, the two tax-free thresholds, uh, my studio was based at home, etc., etc. So it was, you know, it was looking really good. But then in doing all that, I realized that, well, actually, this isn't the relationship that I really want. And um, as sad as that is, and I'm making this sound very short without going into all the the particulars, after 20 years of being in that, um, that relationship, that marriage, um, I decided that you know, there was more for me out there. Uh, so I, I ended that marriage. So then what that did, well, and we, we get on brilliantly well now. There was never any animosity or anything like that. We still um, you know, I lovingly deal with each other and the kids and everything. But the the important thing that came out of that was I think also the second income was a lifeline for me. So I thought, well, you know, I don't have to do all that and I don't have to do that. They're things that I don't really want to do. 
And it doesn't really matter because, you know, look, I've got some money coming in and I can just, you know, get by on this sort of thing. But it wasn't until I got, um, got divorced that then obviously that split things down the center and suddenly things that were really rosy before are now only half as rosy. They're still rosy, but only half as rosy. And I thought, man, this means now I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I would do all this by myself. I've got to build a house. I've got to, um, you know, design the garden, build the garden, do everything for the house, all of those sorts of things. And I'm doing it on my own. I thought, wow, that's going to take some hard work. But I knew it would be worth it. And in that journey, I became a way better person. I became, I think, more loving. I became more understanding. I became a much harder worker and much more focused on what I needed to do to grow my business. Because I thought, wow, I've been using that as a lifeline as an, and an excuse as to why I don't need to work as hard as I need to to make this a success. I just figured that it would become a success. But it didn't take me long to realize that, no, you know, everything happens for a reason. And divorce for me, even though it was under my control of of staying or or going, um, that process for me was about burning, burning the boats. I didn't think about it that time, that way at the time, but I do now. So I think, man, I was holding onto that so tightly as a lifeline so that I didn't have to work as hard as I do. And now, all these years later, because that was like eight years ago now, um, my business has achieved something that I always wanted to achieve, but I had hoped that it would come without the work, if that makes sense. I know that sounds silly, but so many of us just think that, well, things are going to happen. If I just do this next thing, if I just buy this next piece of equipment, if I just sell this next product or if I get this new product in, I'm sure things will just take off. I just write this book and everything just, you know, happens for me. Life doesn't happen that way. It certainly doesn't happen for me. You've got to work damn, damn hard. You've got to be super focused. And the message that I want you to take away from this today is sometimes you've just got to burn the damn boats. And absolutely 100% commit yourself to whatever it is that you truly want. Because when I started my business, I was not 100% committed, even though I was committed from the perspective of I was all in, but I wasn't really all in. I was all in in terms of I'd resigned from the Institute, I had changed careers, I had invested in myself, I um, had a coach at the time, that was helping me and I was doing those things but I wasn't committed 100% in terms of my work ethic. I thought I could do it easier because I was a chartered accountant and that I was smart and therefore I didn't have to do it like other people did. But that was just my journey and how it happened. So burn your boats, commit yourself 100%. If it comes to your health and your wellness and your fitness, I'll tell you a quick thing that you can do to help burn the boats on this. If you're overweight and you struggle with some of the foods that you eat, and we talk about comfort food here in Australia, I don't know whether that's a a worldwide universal saying, but comfort food meaning that they might be um, like biscuits, cookies, cakes, 
uh, lollies, candies, uh, alcohol, uh, you know, sugary drinks, whatever, that people go to when they feel down, when they feel emotional. So we call that sort of comfort food. So you're feeling down, eat some of that food, you feel more comforted. So an immediate thing that you can do, go to your pantry, grab the bin, and throw out all the stuff that you feel is comfort food that is really taking you further away from your goal than not. Do that, then go to the fridge, do the same thing. Go to the freezer, do the same thing. Throw out the pizza, throw out the, you know, the rubbishy stuff that you know is just not serving you well. And that's really powerful because that's giving you some immediate commitment to, yep, I've had enough. I'm not going to do this anymore. And then just commit yourself to not buying it again. Just do it that way. So burn your boats. If I can do it, you can do it too. For me, honestly, this burning the boat process, I think it's really been a probably a 12-year journey uh, to now. Uh, but it probably took me really nine years to realize that I needed to do things differently and to get over myself and stop uh, feeling sorry for myself. Because, yeah, I should say this. One of the things that I did feel was, um, what's the word, animosity. Um, I'm trying to think of the, uh, the right word. But I, I felt very hard done by, by the fact that I wasn't given what I needed in the relationship. I say these things out loud and they sound stupid, but I'm sure you can relate to them. It was like, that's not fair. You didn't you know, love me the way that I wanted to be loved. You didn't give me what I needed. And that doesn't, none of this considers what I didn't give. But um, there's always two, two sides of a story. And I, resentful is the word I'm looking for. I was resentful for a number of years because I thought, now I've got to work this hard to do these things and I never wanted to do that. Now, that kind of sounds like a child that's, taking their bat and ball and going home because they're not winning. And I guess that was a hard lesson in life for me to say that, well, actually, do you know what? That's, that's part of life. That's tough. And I know all of this may sound like, yeah, you just you got up and, and walked away. But trust me, I worked very hard for six and a half years uh, to try and make things work. Um, and I don't want to make this about the other person or the relationships because we still get on really well. Um, it's really about me and my thinking about how it all fitted together and what I was owed in life. And no one's owed anything in life. We have to go out and earn what we want. And that's probably what took me the eight, nine years to get to that realisation that you want to make this work, man, you're going to work your butt off. And if that means that you've got to work twice as hard or 10 times as hard as any other fitness business or health and wellness business in your area, then guess what? Suck it up, princess. That's what you've got to do. And so that completely changed my world. I thought, yeah, you've burnt the boats on some things, but you haven't burned it on everything. It's kind of like I burnt one boat, but then I jumped into the dinghy and, you know, the little boat. And now I'm pottering along in that. Not anymore. I've burnt the damn lot. So if I can do it, you can do it. And you watch just how much you grow. See you tomorrow. Stay safe. Our lockdown is over. I'll throw that in too. We finish tomorrow. We're out of lockdown, midnight tonight. 
So that's some good news back to normal. Stay safe. See you soon.